Welcome to the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast, a fresh perspective on AFL Fantasy Classic brought to you by the Keeper League Pod. It's the grand final pod pod and we've got you covered for the big dance. We have Louis best 22 at the Lish Dozen and we answer all your questions ahead of the last round of the 2021 fantasy footy season. Granny Pod Pod. Welcome to the Pod Pod. It's your boy Dossie here with Louie in the same, uh, not the Ludio. What's this one? This is Dossie's Den, isn't it? Yeah, Dossie's Den. Good to be here, Dossie. Uh, I'm a little bit sad I have to front up today because I had a shocking week in AFL Fantasy. I have done for the last fortnight, mate. What about you? You've only had the two weeks. It's been a full season for me, Louis, of uh, shocking performances. Well, that's just it. I wish I could have been let down a little bit <laughs> earlier in the season because all of a sudden my league matches draft. I haven't focused on them enough because I thought I, I might have been a chance for a yeah. hat. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> it was too late when I realised I'm not getting a hat and I've, I've pretty much bombed out of all my league matchups. Not that I could control that anyway. I've had a bit of a rotten luck, a bit of a rotten week in terms of luck. That's pretty funny though. So you you were just like riding high, thinking you're fine in the overall ranking. So you, you're not caring about any of these other things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've been battling away at the other ones, and and I'm doing okay in a couple of drafts. So. Yeah, it, it goes to show that if you do play the league matchup, you can get wins against. You know, mm. I haven't been putting up great scores lately, but you can really chase down some some coaches that are performing week to week just by sort of having a look at who they've got and taking that on. Yeah, that's it. And uh, we'll talk about the round that was before we get into the big week that is the grand final week in fantasy footy. But we'll just reflect on what was the prelim final in a lot of leagues and. Uh, Louis, how'd you go? You just said it was a shocker for you. Yeah, absolute shocker, mate. Um, I'm pretty sure this is like round three type scoring. Uh, so I scored the 2072, Ooh. which brought me... So two weeks ago, I was ranked 392. Last week, I was ranked 597. And this week, I'm down at 877. Oh, so you're just clinging on. As I'm trying to fight toward... To becoming four-digit Dossie as- uh, Well, I might join you well, with actually, the no, four digits. Sorry, I'm five-digit Dossie. <laughs> I'm five. I'm, yeah, you, I'm, you want okay, the four I digits. I want the four-digit though. I am five-digit Dossie going for the four-digit to finish the season. So, you're trying to join me in that club. Well, I won't mind if I do, mate. It's, it's funny. <laughs> I'm having more fun with fantasy this week, not caring that I have the previous buddy 22 weeks. So, I'm getting a little bit um, Dossie Lucy at the moment. Oh, I'm looking forward to your trade suggestions uh, throughout the show then. My score, even though I scoffed at yours, 2075 for me, mate. So, pretty gross as well. Couldn't get oh, so the- you beat me by three points. Three. Was three it? points. There you go. There you go, mate. Who's taking over? <laughs> Stato Senior and Stato Junior. <laughs> so, there we go. Uh, 2075 for the round. Pretty gross. And- I want to talk about my uh, my failedits for this week very shortly because oh, there's there's one that's really really agitating me. So I'll get to that shortly, but let's get positive first. Nailed it, Louis. Who'd you get right in round twenty two? Look, my back was against the wall uh, this week, Dossie, and I've had uh, a plethora of spuds week to week, which just constantly <laughs> disappoint me. So um, that's what I was faced with this week, and my trade ins were Crisp and Titch, who 
were both, uh, sorry, Crisp and Zorko, who were both 106 and 122, which is nice. Uh, they both came in in the same week, averaged about 115 between them, and uh, I just got something right, and that was nice, especially with five forced outs. That's, yeah, that's a really nice output to get. So, that basically says you couldn't have done anything more than you did for the week, essentially, in your trades. It was just the rest of your team that you were existing there that really let you down. That was it. So, I had three other guys that, unfortunately, I needed to cover. And I think that was James Peatling in defence, Tommy Fullerton at R2, (laughs) and uh, Finn McRae at F6 there. So, uh, those guys were all right. I can't hate on them, but uh, the three outs other than that is what hurt. But you know what? I couldn't have done more, but now the trade-ins. You did well. Well, I'll, I'll just talk about my uh, trade-ins then because I did exactly the same in the sense that I got them right. I brought in – I had uh, two outs as well, which is another recurring theme of this show in that, again, we just had to deal with late outs. This week, it was uh, Tom Stewart that I had – as the bullet this week, um, Riley O'Brien was announced a bit earlier in the week. So, I had Rob and Stuart out last week and I brought in Witherden, Alex Witherden, which was my pod, pod, pod. And also Josh Kelly. I had to make that decision early on the Friday night and went with it for his big 141. Witherden tunned up as well. So, that was a double nailed it. So, there is some positivity despite our uh, pretty low scoring round. Uh, let's talk about the negative stuff here that we've got though, uh, Lou. And- uh, Failed it. Uh, my failed it was Hunter again. I yeah. reckon this guy's copped it a couple of different times for me. But uh, look, never again list because there's no role for him anymore. Uh, he's caught as a half forward. Then you, you almost think the role's changed, but he's just pushed up high, hasn't found the footy, and then he goes back to his original position. He's, he's scoring 60 week to week now, and he doesn't even look like scoring a 90, I think, uh, Unless this role changes, Lockie Hunter in our fantasy teams, even if he retains forward status, I just don't think I'd touch it again. It's just the, it's like another Tom Phillips, isn't it? He, Absolutely, he's, he's, yeah. He's merged, he's formed into a Tom Phillips late in the season. It's been, yeah, a disgusting turn of events. And I think that's just given the dog's nature of their team, who's been their ins and outs. It's just fluctuated his role. And I'm going to be talking about another dog in my failed it in. A, a guy that I thought was the most genius trade I've made. He was going to um, – I was aiming to keep him in my team right to the end, which I'm going to have to do regardless. But I got him about five weeks ago, I reckon. Uber, Uber premium was the number one averaging uh, scoring forward at one point of the season, right early in the season. Josh Dunkley. What has happened to Dunks? It's a combination of Bevo and him himself just – I don't know whether it's just he's not quite ready from coming back from that shoulder. Rico, which I can obviously forgive him um, for for taking his time to come back from there. But I just thought if he's coming back, he's going to be 100% right. He's He actually got some center bounces. He's been getting some, just has not been putting it together. And he's been absolutely killing me. The first week he got an 83. And since then, it's just been absolutely putrid. It's been in the 50s every single week since. Yeah, it certainly wasn't your most genius move this week, Dossie. But um, Josh Dunkley and honestly, all players that are coming back from a bit of a long-term injury, I think we just have to be really, really careful about because especially in the Bulldogs midfield group, a lot of coaches didn't start Jackson McRae, for example, because they Mm. weren't sure how that was going to work. Well, how do we know how Josh Dunkley after eight weeks off of football is going to come back into that 
uh, dogs midfield group, which are already churning along nicely. It, yeah. It's just too hard to tell. So, uh, unfortunately, it was probably the right pod move to make, but mm. you paid way too much. I did, and and I think we, we spoke about this pre-show in that I paid, you know, 800K for it, and it was just because I was like, oh, well, my season is in dire straits regardless. I'm just going to have a bit of fun here, go with Dunkley. If he pops... I'm a huge winner here and I have a point of difference ahead of everyone else. And if it fails, surely the worst dunks will go. He's not going back to old dunks. He's getting me 80 plus on the stretch home here and it's still a forward that's getting me 80. He's got me 180, an isolated COVID score of zero, and then he's gone 53, 58, 51 with center bounces. And the unfortunate thing for you, Doss, is I wouldn't recommend not chasing him this week because he's 638K and all of a sudden a player like that does actually start to prove uh, no, to present value. So that's what I was saying with how you paid too much then, but mm. now you'd probably look at it. And uh, it's quite interesting. I'm looking at his average 93 points. Maybe it's in our best interest, Dossie, that he does continue playing a little bit up forward, uh, drops another yeah. stinker, yep. takes that average down past you know 90, and we can pick up Josh Dunkley a little bit cheaper next year, a oh. fully fit Josh Dunkley. Yeah, absolutely. And, and- sorry, is his contract up? Yeah, I don't think he re-signed. I think they were chasing him on the trade table. So, Josh Dunkley coming out of contract next year. But now it's like, where's he going to go? The Dons have kind of found their midfield. Yeah, yeah. Almost missed the chance unless, yeah, he's just got to find another midfield that's uh, seeking an absolute gun if he gets in there. The thing is, the dogs have the room. It's just they don't want to... It's someone like a Libber would have to make way, but he's dominating, so you can't move him out. Anyway, uh, lots to talk about there, but um, did you have your failed already? Or no, you've done your Lockie Hunter. Yep. I just wanted to quickly touch on, uh, we might have some questions related to it later, but we were talking about it a lot last week in the Taranto turn of events, um, and I think this is this is worthy of a hot topic, which um, we, we, we do like talking about our hot topics. I just snuck this one in there. I haven't let you know about it at all. There's almost no way I'll have a trade to fix this up or, or even want to against the matchup he's got this week. I reckon we were super lucky last week to get away with, with Timmy T still in our team with, with, pumping out a 90. With Tim Taranto kicking four goals in the first half. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would say we were pretty bloody lucky, just, mate. Oh, like that. That If you just check the score, you'd be like, oh, Timmy T, yeah, he's, he's churning away. He's doing his normal thing. But- Playing just full forward, essentially. How's that for a flag? And it's just a massive flag. And, like, if anyone does out there have a luxury trade, would you even consider it? But Toby Green back this week. Yeah, well, Leon Cameron did say that he was going to play the Toby Green role. That's what Tim was told during the week. But um, I think if if a coach out there somehow has the ability to be able to do that, um, then by all means, because we flagged it a couple of weeks ago, clearly that role... uh, has been lost to some extent. So, you've got to be worried about that. Yeah, forward status inbound for 2022 potentially. Yeah, I think I saw Fantasy Freako put out a little something and I think he might have just been trying to generate a little bit of hype there. Maybe he knows something. Well, yeah. I mean, if he keeps, if he's, it depends if they go off, you know, what's uh, projected. I know they sometimes just project ahead as to what people's roles are. If he gets the few games of sample size and then heading into 2022, could be very juicy for next season. Um, All right, let's move on to the next hot topic. And it was announced that there is no pre-finals buy coming up. Is this going to mean rest inbound this week for a couple of our absolute studs that we might have, especially those veteran players. Do we have to just be wary this week? 
Absolutely, Doss. And I've got a theory that a lot of the late outs that we've seen over the last couple of weeks, that's actually been because yeah. the clubs just haven't gotten any consistent messaging on whether or yep. not this buy is happening. So, they've tried to hedge their bets. You know, maybe it's three rounds before the last game of the season. They're playing Adelaide. Okay, we'll, we'll just rest one of our stars here. We'll do it as a laid out. So, I think- that's why we've been seeing it. And I think now that it's been announced that it's something to worry about massively and not just with the the really fantasy relevant teams either. Mm. Like it goes the other way where a team that's not going to play finals might just rest one of their good players and, and bring in a rookie just for the hell of it, just to see how they play in that role. So yeah, it's something we got to keep an eye on. And if you've got many Geelong players in your team, yeah. uh, then I'd be worried tenfold because Chris Scott has shown that he's more than happy to do it. And uh, it suits his team going into finals this year, particularly. So if you're an Isaac Smith owner, if you're a, or really just any sort of Geelong owner, they're all over about the age of 31, um, I'd be worried. Yeah, even like a team, I don't know. I, I think someone like a Melbourne would want to roll into finals just there. They've been consistent all season. They'll want to just go in the way they are. They have to sort of win to secure the top spot. I think those sort of teams are safe. But yeah, I'd have to check the ladder and actually see who's secure where they are. They're the teams that are going to give well, it a rest. I think Sydney is a total okay. dead rubber. I haven't seen the fixture. I know they're playing Gold Coast, um, but depending on when it's played during the round, I, I think that will be a dead rubber. And obviously, Adelaide and North, I think they are playing the last game. So, you talk about dead rubbers and straight mm. away you think of Aaron Hall too. Oh, it's, a, it's a tough one, but it's one to look out for and one to definitely think about with your trades this week as well. So, the rest potential inbound with that no pre-finals buy. Um, if, if you have enjoyed the show this season on the Pod Pod, um, we're just asking that you leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We're aiming to get 100, 100 plus ratings uh, by the end of our first season, Louis. And we've got to thank all the listeners um, for sticking with us throughout this whole season. It's been, we sort of started up pretty late this uh, this whole venture going into the pod pod, but it's been really enjoyable. We've built a nice little community out there and we just want to thank all the listeners. And if you can support us by leaving a little rating and review at the end of the season, we'd be very much appreciative of that. Absolutely, guys. Thank you, every everyone, for um, for tuning in every single week. Uh, eventually, we started to get a bit of a groove. I don't I don't know if it was yeah. until round three that we really knew what we were doing. But yeah, uh, I think our mics weren't working the first week. We didn't have a proper setup. Something went wrong, and then yeah, it's been sort of back and forth. Obviously, a bit of a weird year having to record separately a lot of the time. But um, yeah, I think it's been it's been a very enjoyable year in the end, Louis. And uh, we've yeah thankful for the whole pod pod community well, that they, we've developed. They say it takes one hundred podcasts to really master it, and I reckon you've done about one hundred podcasts alone of different brand names. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on with you, Dossie. Yeah, still yet to master it, mate. So we'll get there one day. We'll get there one day. And uh, also just a shout out as well to um, our Pod Pod Plus members across season 2021. Statesman and I um, doing the Wednesday show. Really appreciative for everyone that's jumped on past and present. A big thanks to you. But we'll jump on now, Louis, to the next part of the show, which is Lose Best 22. And uh, do you want to take it away? I think we're going to go through... Just, it's a lot of matchup based stuff, I think. Bit of form, bit of matchup. There's only one game left, Louie, and this is your best 22. Your trade targets in essentially every single position. So if you've got the coin, if you've got the, uh, 
the ability to get these players. This is who Louis reckons you should be bringing in. Yeah, basically. So I'm just chasing players that I think can discover their ceiling in the final round of, of the season. And uh, a lot of these guys, and as you would have thought, are priced quite highly and that's because they're performing well. Uh, and hopefully we get a few questions at the end of the pod where we, we can talk about some of these 600k guys that, that maybe suit yeah. some other people's um, salaries. But we'll get it started with defenders, mate. And how could you go past Aaron Hall versus Adelaide? Absolute dead rubber match. Last three, 122. Oh, mate, put the C on him. Yeah. He, he's going to be my captain this week. It's been my biggest miss of the year, even though I was telling Pod Pod listeners as well as you to jump on. I just never did. I just never managed to do it. I thought it was too late during the season at, at points, and it just never was too late to jump on the whole train. And, Isn't uh, it insane? Because I remember we were talking round four, round five. Oh, yeah. do you do it? I think I said he was a trap. Yeah, we might have. Yeah, I was. I think I was fairly high on it, given how he's been, how he's gone in the past when given a great role. He can just. He's just a fantasy scorer. He, he was like that at the Gold Coast when he was put in the guts. Um, same deal here, but in a different position. And just a regret central for me. But you've had him for a while now, haven't you? Yeah, I've had him for most of the year. So yeah. sort of when everybody jumped on him, I managed to jump on and yeah. and enjoyed all of that. But next up, we've got Callum Mills, who mm. I'm doubling down. He's coming back into my trade targets after recommending him last week and having him be out, which was uh, sucks. But clearly, he's being managed. And um, Horse Longmuir has said that, you know, he's been dealing with this all season. The only thing is with a dead rubber match for Sydney, I don't know whether they give him another rest. But at the same time, surely they want to get some run into the legs. We know what Callum Mills can do once he's had a few games off. He gave us that 152 versus Saints the other week. Yeah. 128 in his last three, 121 in his last five. I know he's burnt coaches by being a late out, but this is still the same Callum Mills, which is averaging the most of any defender this year. It's it's a loose one just because of, um, I guess, what we were saying before with the whole Josh Dunkley thing and not being 100% right and coming back and it wasn't looking good. But at the same time, if he's been struggling with a similar thing for most of the season and been averaging 128 in his last three before having that little niggle and just being slightly off that he couldn't perform that week, uh, that he couldn't even, sorry, get up for the game that week, I don't I don't mind it at all, Louis. And it's, it's loose because of the injury uh, concern. But yeah, you'd certainly be going probably against the grain there and especially against the Suns. It could be a great pick. Massive point of difference as well. So- uh, going on to the next one, which isn't much of a point of difference, unfortunately, but it's Rory Laird. Uh, mm. How can you deny what this bloke's been doing? 115 in his last five. Been a little bit down on form with 103 in his last three, but like I said, he plays north, which have been a little bit trickier to score against lately, but Rory Laird's pretty much their go-to guy in there. If he's not finding the footy, nobody else will besides uh, Ben Keyes hacking it around all the time, but... <laughs> Uh, no, I think Rory Laird, if you don't already have him, should put up a nice one versus North at Adelaide Oval this week. I love it. It's a simple one, but we love it. Yep. Rory Laird, lock it in. Next up, we've got Jack Crisp. So, we know what sort of ceiling this guy has. Uh, he's been in your team, I think, all year, Dossie. Yep. Starting side. Averaging 111 in his last three, 109 in his last five. This is elite numbers for a midfielder, let alone a defender. And uh, he's actually playing in defence more often than yeah. not. So, got to pay respect to what he's doing. 102, 106 in his last two. Has Essendon at the MCG coming up where uh, they're giving up a fair few marks. Obviously, Essendon will be competitive this week, but I think that uh, Chris could be in a 
be could be in for a big one if I can get my words out. No, I'm I'm with you there, mate. I think oh, this has the chance to be a really high scoring game. Obviously, the uh, the big rivalry as well there, but. We'll have to wait and see. Just, I wonder how that game does develop, obviously, with um, Essendon vying for that final spot as well. They're going to really need the win and uh, whether that becomes a restricted, restrictive game or whether it is just fleet free-flowing and the Pies get a few plus sixes back there with their game style. I'm interested to see how it does go, but I have no doubt Chris will put his best foot forward on your grand final. Next up, and we talk about ceiling and the guys that you want to target. This guy actually went 190 versus his matchup, which is Lockie Whitfield versus Carlton a couple of years ago. He's got him again in round 23. Carlton are an absolute rabble. So mm. I would be really interested to watch this game and what a lot of the Giants are going to do this week, in fact. But how could you not recommend Lockie Whitfield? He's only 681K, so he's massively underpriced based on what he's able to do. He's underpriced based on what he'll average, let alone what yeah. his ceiling could be. So As I, I had the VC on him, last week against Richmond at Marvel Stadium. And I just got to say, like, just underwhelming for the plus sixes we thought he's going to get. So, he had four marks against the Tigers, five the week before against Geelong. That's a pretty hard opponent. Same with Port the week before three. So, he's had three marks, five and four the last three weeks. Um, he had 10 against the Dons, the team we're talking about, hopefully for Crispy um, this week. But that's not great numbers for Witty and... Um, I'm all about it, Louis. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about it against Carlton. But what's going on there? Because he just, I was surprised that he didn't go big against uh, Richmond. You, was there anything to that? Just an off game and ready for a massive one this week? Oh, just an off game, I think, mate. Lockie Whitfield, even when he has a poor fantasy game, if you, if you actually watch him, usually he has a pretty good game. He uses yeah. the ball well by foot. Uh, perhaps it was a little bit of quality over quantity. Perhaps it was a little bit of. Uh, resting from Leon Cameron in-game, which we sometimes see. But I think that GWS and Leon Cameron will want to be absolutely firing going into round 23, Mm -hmm. put the blues to the sword and just find some real finals form uh, if they're going to make that top eight. So I reckon we'll see them come out breathing fire. All right, just need some chip mark from your Lockie. Need some ch- chip mark in this grand final week from uh, from our boy Lockie Whitfield. Then, all right, who rounds out the the top six defenders here that you've got for us? Well, I almost think I should throw this one to you, Dossie, because he's been in your team for a couple of weeks. Oh, but yeah. it's got to be Chrissy May in his last Mayne. game, doesn't it? Oh, it has to be. Send him off with an absolute bang. It'll be amazing to get him in all our teams uh, for this retirement journey that he's about to embark on. So he's averaging ninety four for the season which is extraordinary numbers for the great man. He's been around for quite some time. Moved into this sort of bit of a new role for him on the halfback flank. He's just thriving. He, he really directs Eight marks a game he's averaging. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. And you would think that they do get him involved as much as possible. The only concern is what we've already talked about, Essendon trying to get the, the huge win and, and whether or not they sort of do clamp down and play restrictive. I think- our guys that you've selected just in this top six, Crisp and Maine, there's going to be a lot of uh, chip mark between those two guys, but hopefully goes more to this guy here in his final game of AFL football. I hope so. The only flag I've got is maybe they push him forward to get a goal in his last game, but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll have to wait and see for that one, but yeah, I, I love the pick, Louis, and uh, at 1% owned, that's also a great point of difference, which we love on the pod pod. 
So we'll move into our midfielders now, Dossie, and I'll start off with the obvious. Tom Mitchell versus Richmond, last three of 130. Uh, if you don't already have him, get him. Uh, we don't need to speak about Tom Mitchell, do we? Nah, hopefully a bigger ceiling. A lot of people would have put the C on him last week. I mean, there was a lot of underwhelming captain scores and 105 you wouldn't have complained about. But yeah, let's get that 130 for the granny, shall we? Yeah, that's it. And in fact, a lot of these uh, midfielders follow the same trend where we've spoken mm. about them all year and uh, we, we just know how good they are. And the next one's Jack Steele versus Fremantle with a last three of 135. Well, yeah. we, we don't have to go in. Nah. We don't have to go in depth on that sort of stuff. So, uh, next up, which is someone um, we have actually spoken about quite a few, uh, quite a bit over the last few weeks, and that's Cam Guthrie. He comes up versus Melbourne, just low key, averaging the one hundred and seventeen point three in his last three. Dossie. Yeah, he's been big, and um, yeah, it's another player that I think we've talked about so much over the last few weeks. But a guy that has. Traditionally, all season had the low time of ground. I didn't see what his time of ground numbers were this week, but it's a guy, same as a, um, I think I made the comparison. You were trying to make a, one sort of comparison a few weeks ago, and I brought up maybe that a better comparison was Fiorini because it is that sort of level of just points per minute machine oh, and absolutely. just never really gets above the sort of 70 to 75% time of ground though. So, it's a little bit encouraging. He did play 79%, which is off Ooh, the back yeah. of 81. Uh, mm. It looks like he, it's quite weird. He sort of hovers between 65 and 80, depending on, I'm not sure if it's soreness or just management. Chris Scott did say at the start of the year that he would manage his players during the season in games. Mm. So, maybe that so that's what it is, but he's certainly worth a mention, should certainly be a trade target versus Melbourne as well, which have been giving up a lot of points because they're too good. They don't care about the opposition. Yeah, that's right. They just let them run free in the midfield. I like that one. Uh, another one that's pretty self-explanatory, but I could forgive some people for being hesitant because he did have a bit of a dip in scoring a couple of weeks ago, but I think that's gone now as dogs sort of settle in. And that's Jack McRae versus Port with a last three average of 108. Yeah, and I'm probably one of the only people you're talking to with this one because I actually don't have him. But no, uh, neither. <laughs> yeah. Well, there must be a few of us out there. But um, yeah, if we don't have him, it's just, I think, like what we've also said. Take on aspect. It's the take him on because you haven't so had him all season. so cheap now, though. He is so, said, so cheap. It just, you know, having McRae in your team for the last round, it might just make me a lot more of a happier coach. So, I'm not against doing it. That, that's for sure. You want to finish with a good team, a good looking team. <laughs> that's you know? impossible now, mate. I'm yeah, sorry well, to say. <laughs> tried to catch myself there, but. All right. Well, let's get on to the next player. We're up to the fifth midfielder. There's a few left here. Yep. So, we got Luke Parker, which is. Probably the uh, one, yeah. biggest point of difference in this list here. He's at 1.8% as a midfielder, going 102.3 in his last three, 106.8 in his last five, 748K. So, he presents a nice little price. He's in that sort of sweet spot for- uh, That's often where I sort of get up to when I try to do my trade stuff. So, I'm always looking around that range. Uh, he's coming off the back of a 116 versus North Melbourne on the weekend and then comes up versus the Suns. Uh, which he averages 113.2 against across his career. Yeah, that's massive. Um, do you think is if your boy Callum Mills does come back, is that going to affect him at all? And, and would you sort of go one or the other in this case? Or no. Or you think they'll be pretty good together? They've worked well together all season. So, uh, maybe that does temper Luke Parker's ceiling a little bit, but- the same time, I think Luke Parker's a star and could certainly see him popping out of 120. 
Yeah, and since we kind of lost um, the Hugh Greenwood factor at the Gold Coast Suns, there's no real negation to uh, to be concerned about there coming up against them as well. So, should be off the chain as well. But you've got a player by the looks on the uh, other side of this game as well in your, uh, in your list. Yeah, look, I just chucked Took Miller in here uh, because you just – can't deny what this guy's doing. I mean, he dropped an 82 on the weekend and he's still averaging 119 in his last three. I mean, <laughs> do the math on that. That just shows what the guy's been scoring. I mean, yeah. you go back to round 16, 141, 155, 110, 127, 135, 140. This isn't a surprise for owners or non-owners. So, he has to be on this list just based off of the fact that if he reaches his ceiling this week, you're absolutely laughing and his ownership is still only sitting at about 12%. So, He's a bit of a point of difference. I don't want to go against um, Took for what he's done this year, but I think in terms of matchups that we've been talking about, this is one that would concern me if I was trading him in. Um, just because we know how Swans can be restrictive if they want to be. And if this is a guy that they've targeted um, and they're going to target as a player that's going to damage them with those massive numbers that he has been doing, that's probably something enough for me to question it. Would you not say? What tips it for me? And you're thinking along the right sort of um, line there, Dossie. I I look at it as this is going to be a dead rubber match. Mm. This match means nothing to the Swans. So, why would they play accountable football? Play your own brand and try to fine tune everything that you like going into the finals. And I I just can't see the Swans playing an accountable role on Took Miller. Mm. I think the, the, the fact though, it's play the football you want to play. Horsey loves to be accountable, so <laughs> he might be practicing the opposite of what we're hoping he's nah, going. It doesn't stand up for finals. You can't tag in finals. All right. All right. We'll back in again with Took. So, who's these last couple to round out the midfield we've got? All right. The next up is Jared Lyons. This is another one we have spoken so much about this last couple of weeks, and we've nailed it here. Uh, it's not yeah. been hard to nail because the guy's averaging 117 for the season. But Pretty self-explanatory there, but uh, yeah, he, he's absolutely carving. And what's his matchup this week? Uh, West Coast, mate. So, oh, absolutely geez. cashing in, laughing. You're probably oh, getting boys value cooked, at 80K. My boys are cooked, so... And then finally, uh, look, I've I've not been hot on this guy as a fantasy player this year just because he lost his forward status, but I need to pay him some respect, and that's Christian Petrarca. He's averaging he's 112 guy. for the season, 118 in his last three. Uh, just come up against uh, Adelaide, dropped a 117, and now has Geelong in his next game. So he's someone that I could easily see putting up, once again, another 120-plus. Gun. That's uh, that's all that needs to be said about Christian Petrarca. Yeah, I'd be I'd be willing to jump on. I reckon this. I have a feeling this might be a little bit more open than we think as well. Um, this game, like you said, sort of both midfielders just going at it. I think we might see that rather than a too much accountability as well. But we'll wait and see for that one. But Geelong will take it easy. I think. Mm. Oh, do they need a win? I'm not sure. I haven't done the ladder predictor, but. I think it might be a sort of- I think, they, I think they might actually have to win to oh, yeah. um, secure a home final. Could be a high At the game. MCG. It is. It's the top. Yeah. Yeah. So, they're 66 points versus 64 points on the ladder for this one. So, it's going to be heat, heated. So, I'm wrong. It's going to be completely the opposite. But does that mean it's restrictive or does that mean it's just all out? Go both ways, can't yeah, it? Because, okay. yeah, it could go 50-50, mate. All right. Um, All right, we'll move on to the rucks really quickly. It's Grundy and Gorn. Oh, wow. What a surprise there. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. So, moving it's on. Not, it's not Big Strawny. Big Strawny. Yeah, he was surprising. 
I'm saying he's probably more pleasurable to watch than Big Rob out there just uh, flailing his legs around. Yeah, so. well, that was a blessing in disguise, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, moving on to the forwards. Uh, once again, Dane Zorko versus West Coast, uh, 129.7 in his last three as a forward. That's ridiculous, Dossie. Jump on. Yeah, that's crazy. And like West Coast, uh, as I was alluding to before, gee, they're, they're no good. Shambles and no good. just lost Tim Kelly as well. The, yeah. mate, is it a concern that maybe Mark Hutchings plays a bit of an accountable role? Or? Oh. I mean, he was out of the side last week. Surely they give one of the young kids a shot this week now. Maybe. And I'm not sure they don't put it on Lockie Neal anyway, to be honest. I know he's not been in the best form, but they don't want him in good form for, well, West Coast aren't playing finals. It's something to to flag, though. I mean, if Hutchings is in and you've got a choice between this this trade-in and one of your other five, would you just go the other way just to avoid that risk? Nah, I'd chase the ceiling. I, I really think Zorko could be in for a huge one. Yeah. All right, back it in it then. It depends where you are too. Bugger. So th- that's it, mate. <laughs> I'm I'm Lucy Dossie at the moment. I'm chasing ceiling. That's what I'm doing. That's why I messed up my captain choice this week, by the way. Oh, who'd you go? Titch, 105. Oh, yeah. But I was so over it on the Friday night that I went, nah, VC Whitfield. Straight into Titch the next game. Put the phone down for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, it's not. Don't even look at my team. It's not too. It's not too bad a strategy when you're at this point of the year, mate. But that's um, it. Uh, Josh Kelly coming up next versus Carlton. Uh, his last three is 113. Uh, I mean, you saw how good Kelly was on the weekend, Dossie, with the 141. Mm. He's going to be really unique up at at the top couple of. What am I saying at the the top? Competitive coaches, is that what I want to say? Top end, yeah, top end coaches. Sorry, I was just trying to figure out a joke to to sort of play on with you having him outside the top 10,000. But, <laughs> but uh, Five-digit Dossie. Yeah. Five-digit Dossie, but coming up against Carlton, 108.6 average versus Carlton across his career. So, I would be yeah. banking him in to put I in remember, a good one. I reckon it was uh, one of his... Like he had his breakout game against Carlton where he really arrived on the fantasy scene. I reckon that was where he got his big 160 or whatever it was that really made him arrive on the scene. Um, we'd have to look back at the data to, if, to see if that is true, but someone will do that for me. But I'm pretty sure that was where he made his stamp on the competition, Josh Kelly, and he'll probably do it again this weekend. I, I love he it. He should dominate off, the Blues. Coming off 140, yeah, he, he's one to definitely target. Uh, for the same reason as Cam Guthrie, we've got Patrick Dangerfield, who is playing in the midfield these days. Uh, he plays Melbourne. His last three is 102, excluding that injured 15, which I think we sort of have to put an asterisk on because uh, 102 as a forward is a really, really good last three average. Yeah, his ownership, I'd imagine, be... Yeah, it is something to take on uh, in terms of his ownership, but I do think Patrick Dangerfield could put in a big one here. He's playing top of the ladder Melbourne, round 23, going into finals. I just think Paddy Dangerfield could drop a big one. This is kind of the thing that I I do think the midfields will go kind of head-to-head. Head-to-head, yeah. Uh, Petrarca v Danger. Yeah, I do think it's going to happen, so it'll be... It'll be awesome to watch if that does happen. But if, if it does, you're probably right in the sense that both Petrarca and Dangerfield are in for kind of like what we saw back in the day with Danger versus Fife, kind of the, just and the And then Guthrie versus Oliver on top of that. It's not, not a yeah. ma- match up to uh, sneeze at either, mate. Wait and see. Maybe Chris Scott will just throw it back in our face and it'll be a pressure-filled game. But um, yeah, probably let him, let him go. Let him go. Next up, we've got Jordan Degoe versus Essendon. His Ooh, last yeah. three is 105.7. I think most coaches would have Jordan Degoe by this point. And yeah. 
I'd still recommend jumping on him because the points are there and with how quickly it drops off in the forward line anyway, if you don't have Jordan Goey or if you don't have, you know, five or six of these guys anyway, um, then, yeah, jump on. Is this a week as well? I mean, we talk DFS kind of – this is this is really – it's a one-game it it one yeah. week. So, we have to think about DFS-style things heading into this final week of finals and, and we talk about like – big goal kickers or something like that. I haven't seen any of these guys in your lift. You've, got, you've gone pretty much the players you just genuinely think are going to carve up, which is fine. A lot of midfielders especially. We do sort of have those players that maybe kick a bag to get the Coleman. I don't know if there's any that really stand out this year in that sense. But I think we do, especially would you change trades based on like things like weather or, or things like that that can play a factor in our DFS selections to make sure that a game – is going to be a high-scoring game for both teams, and that's the sort of where you want to go. You just want a game that is going to be high-scoring and pick players from that game. Absolutely, I would, but I wouldn't let myself get panicked by it either. So, mm. quite often, Dossie, it'll be a Saturday, 105, get the message on my phone, ding. Hayden Dossie has messaged me. <laughs> Gee, this weather looks good, mate. Should I put the VC on Aaron Hall? <laughs> you know, that that's panicky sort of stuff, and yeah. you're on the right track, but- Sometimes when it's so no, close no, to the bounce, you just go, oh, screw it. I'll do it. But I think you you got to be clever with it. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but I do think that's this week, just something for, for listeners to pay attention to. Like later in the week, have a, have a really good suss of the weather. When we get um, conditions, uh, you know, announced for where and when the games are going to be, just have a look at what the weather's going to be like, that sort of thing, and just see if it's going to be a free-flowing game. If, if you- Project yourself if you, if you think, for instance, that the Geelong Melbourne game is going to be tight, no, no, um, not not free flowing at all. Then avoid these guys we're suggesting and go for a game like I don't know the Carlton GWS, which might be that sort of free flowing, at or the um, Adelaide North game, as you say, dead rubber. It might be have to be the title of this uh, podcast. The old oh, I thought about putting in Benny Keys in my <laughs> but um, you know, just look at these matchups and figure out what you think is best for you, and, and that's the players I'd be targeting is those just high ceiling games with from a high ceiling matchup is what we're really after. But let's get through these last. Yeah, we'll just wrap up these two here, Dossie. Chad Wingard, your man, uh, plays Richmond this week. Last three, 115. I just think, uh, like I say, how quickly it drops off in the forward line that Chad Wingard is a genuine option. And And he just goes on runs, He does, doesn't he? He goes on runs, he's on one. Just jump on. I'm sure he'll be fine this week. And you've only got to have him for one week. So, you know, lick your wounds if it doesn't work out. Uh, Matt Kennedy is the final one. Grudge Mm. match versus GWS. (laughs) Yeah, the grudge match. Last three, 111. And do you know what? Even that 43 a couple of weeks ago, that was because he played forward, not because he was particularly out of form. So, I've got to acknowledge this guy at this point. And he's actually got a little bit of value on him. So, I'd be picking him up if that's all you can get to. Yeah, he's still still cheap enough to go to, especially after just coming off his highest. Was that his high? That has to be his highest score of the season, wasn't it? One thirty-one. Oh, it would have to be. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, highest score of his career. Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Uh, in only seventy-two percent time on ground too. So coming against GWS, no Paddy Cripps. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, you've got a few notes here for us, though. It's not just your best 22. You're also just giving us a few flags for maybe some guys to uh, take on, perhaps. Yeah, a couple of guys that you could easily put in your 
top trade targets most weeks, but uh, this week I just think there's a little bit of a question mark on some of these guys. So starting it off with Sam Walsh, uh, he was tagged versus GWS earlier this year. He plays GWS again, and Matt DeBoer is fit. So do they do it again? Do they need to do it again? Well, Blues they- suck. Yeah, they do suck, but they GWS also need to win the game. So, if something worked last time, they probably do do it again, don't they? Perhaps. So, that's one for coaches looking for a point of difference. Clayton Oliver is next. He could cop the mock lock. Mark O'Connor, yeah. he actually tagged in the last half uh, this week. And Brandon Parfit did a job in the first half. So, I'd just be a little bit worried that Oliver maybe cops a bit of attention this week. Uh, unfortunately, your boy, Braden Fiorini. He'll be fine. He's on this list just because- oh, Just a 110 this week then, I guess. He's no he's no Took Miller, mate, and he plays Sydney, which have been uh, relatively tough to score against when they decide to um, lock it up a bit. Andrew, Andrew Gaff versus Brisbane. Uh, recipe for disaster here. I'm not sure how many coaches have Andrew Gaff, but I can see a bit of a floor game there, even though we put up something nice on the weekend. And then uh, Rowan Marshall versus Fremantle up against Sean Darcy off the back of his 52. It's just too many flags for me. Yeah, I'm just returning to what you're saying about Walsh. Like, I know it's like it seems like um, a different podcast every week. He's saying, "Oh, maybe get rid of Walsh." Like, I know we've we've said it last week. We said it could be an option for you um, with the injury cloud and and this tough matchup this week. I do just I, I do think that um, you know, especially if this DeBoer is named, we saw Walsh actually tend a lot of centre bounces last week with Patrick Cripps out probably is a genuine concern considering we've seen that Leon's willing to roll Tim Taranto as a forward and something like that could easily happen and you could just get that uh, that tough tag on um, considering that the Giants will be wanting to get that dubs. So. Yeah, and what they've been doing the Blues the last couple of weeks is starting Sam Walsh on a halfback flank to avoid that tag and going straight mm. into the midfield. What GWS actually do with Matt DeBoer is start him on a half forward <laughs> yeah. flank and then send him into the midfield. Oh, so, no. yeah, we'll see how that goes. All right. Uh, let's get into our delish dozen, which we've uh, we've got here from the late call up. We actually sent it out to our PodPod Plus crew just because we were late on the show to get this out to the socials. So, we thought we might throw it to these guys. And I reckon we've got just under the does, but we'll just roll through it. And David Potter is coming up with- Tom Rockcliffe as a player he wants to talk about. Now, I'm assuming this is uh, thanks to the traders. I haven't had a chance to listen to their latest episode, but I'm thinking that there seems to be a tribute floating around of people bringing in the great man and whacking the sea on uh, just before, maybe for a cheeky uh, before their Thursday show or something to get his numbers up. But I think we'll be having to do that for a couple of days, won't we, Louie? Well, I've got a rocky history with Tom Rockcliffe, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're I, not doing it. You're I, not honouring him. I still remember when I traded in Tom Rockcliffe after his 134 averaging season in round 23, only to be a late out and losing <laughs> my grand final matchup. So, I've always been sour grapes with Tom Rockcliffe, but he's been all right since he moved to Port Adelaide, I'll admit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Port Man now as well. That's uh, that's pretty sour from Louis. Uh, I've been a big fan of yeah, the I love of Rock. The I love the Rock. Follow, follow the journey. Had him so many times in my team. So many captaincies across the year. And yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll jump on. I haven't listened, but I, I will be and I'll be uh, doing whatever and that just uh, in terms of embracing for. the fantasy community as well, just such a legend. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a shame. I just wish we could have got one final, uh, one final, one farewell game. game God, yep. it would have been piggish. Oh, piggish, it would have been disgustingly piggish. All right, um, 
Brad wants to talk about Selwood. So, I guess Joel Selwood, he came off a pretty big game on the weekend. We're talking about this Melbourne Geelong game. And we're talking about players getting rested as well. Joel Selwood just screams that for me, especially with, um, I mean, he's played nearly every game this season. In fact, he's played, yeah, he's only missed a couple, uh, but he's going to be a little bit banged up. So, that's someone that I could see being managed in game or managed by being not in the game in round 23. I'm not a fan of it. I, I could never bring in Joel Selden and enjoy my trades for the week at this point no, of his career. he's retired now in terms of being a fantasy option. Uh, Stephen wants to talk about Fiorini. Now, Louis just put a flag on him. I'm uh, all about it still. He's just getting the job done week to week. Uh, had a little bit of a- I was really annoyed. I was talking to you pretty sure. So, 800K. Yeah, well, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I was talking about pre-show. He got negative eight after the siren um, on the weekend, and he was my captain as well, so I lost a big amount of points. Yeah, that hurts. It's absolutely brutal. So, champion data. Obviously, there was a fair any fan in the box. It wasn't me, but um, I was definitely counting some extra stats along the way as well. Um, I'm a big fan. Uh, Still go there, Stephen, I reckon. Lockie wants to talk about Relton Roberts. Uh, it's been a few years since he's uh, he's uh, hit the fantasy traps, I think, there, so we won't talk about him, but Urban- Zaki Butters um, has to have a run in his team this week. His CBAs are up on the weekend. You liked him last week, didn't you, Zach? Butters? Yeah, I did like him last week, and I, I like him even more this week because I was I was listening to uh, the radio on the way here. Actually, mm. Dossie, uh, he was doing an interview with Kimbo and the Roach, and he said that Kimbo. He'll be using, well, he'll be attending more centre bounces next week as he gets a bit more match fitness. So, oh, yeah, I mean, he's already attending centre bounces, but uh, there may be a little bit of an uptick in that. Although he did say that there were a lot of goals kicked on the weekend, so maybe that was why he was in there so much. Wow, okay, taking the Mickey out of himself a bit, but Zach Butters in the midfield wins games for Port Adelaide, so I think that's what we'll see. Yeah, the last time I saw him in the guts uh, with serious centre bounces was when he was actually in my team in uh, the third or fourth round this year when he was he had about 80 at 84 half-time. at half-time. Yeah, so he can get it done and when he's playing speak guts. about locks in our forward line next year, Ugh. Zachy Butters, mate, he's played nine games, so he's going to come in massively discounted. Oh, yep. I can see you've uh, moved on to 2022 planning already there, Louis. <laughs> and I'm with you, mate. I'm with you. Uh, Jared wants to know about Alex Witherden, who I um, brought in last week, and I think it's a great move. As um, soon as Hearn went down, that was where my thinking came through. Um, when he's taken a bunch of kickouts this year, he's gone massive. He's had a huge ceiling. Um, in in games where he's had over eight kickouts, he's basically going at 120, and, and it's only like a two or three game sample, but. Um, yeah, I'm a pretty big fan of it. Versing the grudge, talk about grudge matches, um, old Alex Witherden against his old team in Brisbane. Uh, he's played enough at the Gabba if it is at the Gabba. Um, don't know if that's going to happen, but yeah, uh, we'll see how Alex goes. But I'm a big fan of Witho as a nice little point of difference in this last round. I'm a big fan too, mate. This is the sort of guy that you do bring in for one round at the end of the year because if he finds his ceiling, you'll be laughing. All right, and we've got one, uh, we've got two more here. So Caleb Sarong. Um, wants to, uh, Rick wants to know about Caleb Sarong and obviously just without Nat Fife and, and finally getting the time on ground that he needs and the centre bounces that he needs, Sarong has shown that he is an absolute fantasy stud uh, in the West Coast matchup on the weekend, dropped a 120, won the medal. He, he was 
just amazing and you'd be, expect that he's a pretty nice option for this last week. Yeah, well, his confidence should be up. Plays the Saints, which are pretty easy to score against. So I could see a pretty decent score from Caleb Sarong. Uh, the only flag is I think Frio are still a slight chance of of making the eight. So I'm not oh, sure yeah. if that affects his role, but they are winning. So, you know, you just got to look at that. Well, he just won him on the game on the weekend, 117, and he's had 118 and 117 in his last two games. Did you see that goal? Oh, yeah. Well, I was watching I was on the other <laughs> side. I was raging at the screen. I was like, first of all, I thought it was out about three times. And then it was sort of that. It was, I think all the players were like, oh, that's going to go out. It's going to trickle out. Just don't bother. And then he just picks it up and snaps it from the bloody boundary line. Oh, yeah. It was, what a fluky goal. It was gross, but um, good on him. 117 for owners. And uh, yeah, I still think he's a great option. No, I don't mind him either. We've seen that Fremantle have been churning through these young guys in the midfield at the moment. So uh, yeah, jump on. Why not? All right. That's our delish half dozen or how many it was there, Louis. Do you, do you have any pod, pod, pods for us this week at all? Uh, look, I will just say Wingard is a pod, pod, pod. I think he can uh, drop something nice this week. And then and then Maine, which we spoke about at 1.3%. And I'm already foreseeing that the episode title is going to be named after the great man. So, uh, yeah, Chrissy Maine's my pod, pod, pod. I've already, I've already named a few after him. I think, I think we've settled on the, the name's going to be something to do with this dead rubber, um, this dead rubber thing that you've brought up about 50 times. Dead rubber granny, I think is the, uh, the name of this show. But let's get into our questions for the week. Alrighty, Louie, on to the questions from at pod pod AFL on Twitter. You can find Louie at Louie AF and me at HK Doss. This one comes from Tyson. Best mid under 810K. He's looking at Brayshaw and Guthrie as unique in the final. So Brayshaw coming off suspension. We just talked about Sarong as an option coming up against the Saints. Andy Brayshaw having a week off. You reckon he could go all right as well? Uh, do you reckon Brayshaw could go all right? Oh, yeah. Mm, coming off the suspension, 62 or 67 or something versus Brisbane the week before, I'd be a little bit concerned, whereas Cam Guthrie's form line is is almost the opposite. So, I know Brayshaw did drop that massive ceiling game a couple of weeks ago, but I'd be chasing the consistency of Guthrie since he's a pod. All right, there you go, Tice. Uh, this one from Joe Blog. Neil or side bottom? And is there any other, uh, what are the best options under 700 thousand dollars so do you like Lockie Neal or uh, still side bottom there I don't mind Lockie Neal you're jumping on him for one week so you don't have to worry about his fitness uh, we know how good he is I think he's going to want to find some form in this last game before going into the finals and he comes at great value at 691k uh, still side bottom he's had the role at center bounces he hasn't really found his ceiling uh, I still think his role could be volatile this week uh, just because maybe Collingwood try a few new things depending on which way the game goes. But that being said, Steel Sidebottom's record versus Essendon is unbelievable. So uh, I don't mind both of those two options. In terms of best person under 700k, Dossie, thinking on my feet, I'd probably have to say Lockie Whitfield. 
Yeah, he's he's under eight uh, seven hundred. That's amazing, isn't it? Um, if you can scrape few scrape a few extra dollars, you'd obviously go Christopherson Maine at um at the seven hundred and three k. I think it is. You know who another good option would be, and he's he's fairly highly owned. But Jaden Short at six hundred and eighty k coming up against the Hawks off the back of a one ten. I think he should uh, score pretty well against the the Hawks this weekend. So um, that's another one to consider, especially considering they're now out of uh out of finals contention, the old uh, Tigers. So, yeah, maybe th- there's there's a couple of options for you. Anyway, there's there's actually a lot of nice um, options under 700K. So, there's guys like Caleb Daniel you could back in for just the one week. Chad Wingard we've spoke about multiple times. Even Jack Redden seems to be in really nice form for the, West, the struggling West Coast there's, Eagles. There's so many cheap options at the moment. I swear to God, just a couple of weeks ago, once you got to 700K- there's just a gap. Yeah. And then it was 800K players. There's nothing in between. Late. Yeah, people hitting form late. It sort of happens that way, doesn't it? You can find a bit of gold at the end of a season. It sort of just comes out of nowhere. Um, hopefully that helps. But Lockie Neal out of those two, the side bottom and Neal. Absolutely. Uh, Dan K, thinking of trading out Oliver or Bont, who don't have great matchups this round, or Taranto, who looks to be back up forward, I'd definitely be going getting rid of Taranto if you have that luxury. Yeah, Taranto for me. Uh, which of them should I trade? So, we're, we're both going with Taranto. Like we said, I think we were just so lucky. Like Imagine no four goals last week. Taranto, Oliver, and was Walsh that last one? Uh, I don't think he says Walsh here. It was just Bont. Bont, sorry. Bont, um, I would do it in- Yeah, I'd, I'd be picking that one. Yeah, Taranto. Uh, which of them should I trade? And then should I bring in Andrew Brayshaw, Guthrie, who you've already preferred Guthrie, or Ben Keys though? Don't mind Ben Keys. He's down at 737K in a dead <laughs> rubber versus North Melbourne Adelaide Oval. I mean, we speak about ceiling. This guy's got it. So- I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to recommend it, somebody Keys. brings in Ben Keys. But um, Guthrie, not the other guy. Maybe Ben Keys. Keys is going to record that and have it, on <laughs> mate. So yeah, Benny Keys. I, I, I probably if you got fantasy points for disposal efficiency. We'd be in strife, but. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny how Kays then pays out Fairini as well for that. Uh, they're pretty much similar sort of output on the older. That being said, Fairini, much better player. Um, all right, E-Man, Maine and or Murphy to go big in retirement final game. I think Murph's done, isn't he now? Yeah, Mark Murphy's done. So, um, so get on Maney, E-Man. Get around what, what did Mark Murphy do in his last game? 92. That's not too bad for oh, imagine old Mark Murphy. going to go. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Jade, I'm in a grand final. What the F do I do? I've got about five players, Hunter, Houston, Daniel, coming side bottom, who could possibly underperform and F me over. And they're up against the likes of Jack Steele, Sam Walsh, Wines, Crisp, and Rich. Just please tell me what to do. <laughs> do I have to be the guy to tell him? What? It's you know, <laughs> a lot of people are going to have to fall over to win that one. That's, uh, that's GG. What can you do? Um, not a whole lot. Hope, pray, um, get creative. But yeah. that's that's a uphill battle, that one. Definitely get creative with those periphery players and try and fling something that's going to get you something not so great and try and weave oh, I would identify the players in his matchup that his opponent owns that may be underperformed this week and try to chase a point of difference that way because there's no way those five players are competing with the five players that you just mentioned, like your steals and all that sort of stuff. So, Yeah, and uh, good luck, Jade, with that one. Uh, Anthony, 
can downgrade uh, Reeves and upgrade Ridley or downgrade Walsh uh, with DeBoer. So he's concerned about the DeBoer here and upgrade Ridley. So what's his best option? He's got four options here. Wow. And he's got an extra one. So hold Walsh, Ridley to Ben Keyes, Parrish, Gaff or Neil. Walsh to Butters, Ridley, Josh Kelly. Can you read these uh, and, and just uh, give me your best one or are you not on the socials? No, I'm not on it. Walsh to Matt I'm Kennedy, gonna trust you Ridley with this answer. to Neil. Walsh to Wingard, Ridley to Neil. Um, Butters, Kennedy. Yeah, there's a lot There's a lot here, Anthony. Sorry, mate. It's just, oh, there's too much to read, but uh, what do we reckon out of those sort of premiums there? Josh Kelly, Butters, Parrish, Keys, Gaff, Neil. What do you think? The keys one's intriguing me now. All right, let's do that one. Let's do that. I like that one. All right. Ray, who should I get rid of? Prestia or Taranto will replace either with Lions. Taranto uh, could kick another four against the Blues. That's the only problem. Yeah, I'd trade Taranto. I think Prestia will go all right this week and uh, mm. copped it a bit today because he had a little bit of a COVID breach. So we might uh, go out and stick the finger up at everyone and, and play a ripper. All right, so Taranto out again for that one. Nick, Zorko, uh, Josh Kelly, or Crisp getting rid of woeful bows and can flick Hall back if needed. So Zorko, Josh Kelly, or Jack Crisp? I think I would go Josh Kelly just because, um, as you flagged, maybe Zorko could cop a tag. Then I would be happy with Zorko followed by Crisp, I think. Okay. Yeah, they're all great options. So, good luck, Nick. And, yeah, maybe, and maybe in that case, uh, you know, do have a look at these uh, these weather stuff and, and a bit about the matchups, see who's in if Hutchings or something comes in. That sort of thing is Absolutely, definitely, yep. definitely what you're looking for in those to decide on that trade. But, yeah, Josh Kelly, they're all great options. Um, this one from Rug. Players with best matchups for this week. I think basically this whole pod's been about that, so we can probably just skip past that. That's yeah, exactly what we're I'll talking about. I'll try to put out some stuff during the week as well, um, just based on matchups and who might be able to get a really good run this week. So uh, stay tuned at Louis AF, and I'm sure we'll retweet it on Pod Pod AFL too. Absolutely, we'll, we'll be doing that. So Cam Mitchell wants to know who is the biggest liability for a grand final out of these guys? Houston coming or Harms? I'm thinking of going Harms to Petrarca. Yeah, I think Harms because the midfield mix at Melbourne are returning, aren't they? I think Jack Viney's done with his little stint on mm. the sidelines. So, um, pending teams, it's it's Harms or coming for me. I, I kind of buy what Houston's putting out at the moment when he comes up versus the Bulldogs, who are quite easy to score against Cummings for defenders. has been real good lately too, though. I'd be backing and coming for sure. What did he get on the weekend? Did he stink it up? I thought he was really good again. He got he got ninety six and coming off a one sixteen or something the week before. Yeah, you're not getting rid of him. Houston at least is in some form. Who's who've your Port boys got this week? Uh, Port have the Dogs. Okay, so Houston should score really well versus Dogs um, forwards because defenders score well versus the Dogs. And then you've got Harms. Well, I'm glad you're saying Harms because you know I'm biased. I'm just not a huge fan of him fantasy-wise. Um, I'm not a fan footy-wise. Yeah, probably yeah, a bit sucks. of both. Yeah probably, yeah, probably a bit of both there. So, yeah, Harmsy for us going. Uh, Connor Hackling, Chrissy Main or Josh Kelly, grand final opponent has Kelly. So, are you, are you, counter, are you countering Kelly or are you bringing in big Chrissy Main? So, he's asking, does Chris Main outscore Josh Kelly this week? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not, a- I'm not that confident. <laughs> if Josh Kelly wasn't playing Carlton, if he was playing like, oh, I don't know, Geelong 
I'd go, okay, all right, mm. I'll take that on. But no, I think you've got to negate Josh Kelly there. Yeah, look, you know, you know, we love our Chrissy Main, but we don't want to give out um, poor advice, and that's a that's a tough one. Well, with Kelly Chris, Chris Main has a ceiling of one twenty six this season. Yeah. Josh Kelly has a ceiling of one fifty one. So, and he's we're still just talking twenty five points. So. Yep. Yeah, just counter Kelly. Oh, I hate saying it to Chrissy Main. Let's hope for a big one from Chrissy though. All right, Stephen Summers, Lockie Hunter to Matt Kennedy. Honestly, I don't mind it. Hunter's essentially Go the Tom for Phillips it. Yeah, now it, of our teams. that could be a fifty point upgrade. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, are Dion Prestia and Zach Butters two mid-price options for the final round? Um, yeah, I think that's that's their nice options. Yeah, Butters certainly is. And uh, I don't mind what Prestia has been doing either. He's always been about a 100 guy. And if that's what you need, then by all means. Is Tim Kelly on the never again list from Ninja Spoon? No, he's not. Um it was a knee injury, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a t- it was a tough one. I think it was a teammate that uh, barreled into him from the side. Looked and like same, some same sort of sore knee, knee or something. Oh, I I'm not sure which knee to be honest, but it was like one of the you know force coming in from the side, banging into it. So it did right. not look so nice. I don't know if Ninja has had him all season. In which case, I don't blame you for putting him on your never again list. But when a lot of coaches did bring in Tim Kelly, it was under the cloud of injury. We thought he had maybe a few knee problems. It came good. He looked good. And ultimately, it did catch up on us. So it was a risk taken. And fortunately, it wasn't a risk rewarded. And we do want to pour one out for our mate, Nathan. I don't know if you've heard this story. Yeah, Louis, uh, our mate No Hat Nathan um, from the Twitter sphere. He had Sarong and Tim Kelly, but he managed to loop in. Oh, he swapped them. He didn't managed he? to loop in Jai Newcomb, so he had a big one eleven sitting on the bench. So he looped in one, had to bench one of Tim Kelly and Sarong. You can guess which one. Oh he kept on his field. no, okay, yep. <laughs> well, no, you can't blame him for that. You can't no, blame him for that. That's what most coaches would have thought. But might have been the difference from no longer being called No Hat Nathan, but unfortunately, it is still his nickname. All right. I think that is all our questions that we've got time for tonight. And uh, Louis, it's been a pleasure this season doing these podcasts, and I'm sure we'll have one to wrap or one or two to wrap things up over the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, make, definitely make that be- too, mate. The bullets I've copped in the second half this season, <laughs> we're going to have to stretch it over two. And we're definitely we're going to be doing one, a special edition one with the Keeper League pod. So stay tuned for that one. But everyone, good luck in your grand finals. Thanks for making this a really awesome community to be a part of in the pod pod in 2021. We've been really enjoying doing this. And uh, Louis, we'll be talking to you soon anyway, mate. But good luck in your round 23 as well. Yeah, good luck every all, all of you listeners. Thanks for listening all year. Uh, good luck in your matchups. Dossie, uh, I'm not sure if you're in a couple of grand finals. I reckon you uh, might be, but uh, I doubt it. Just draft. <laughs> just draft. I don't think I'm in any. So in you don't ho- have to wish me I'm luck. I'm in my home league in draft, but I think. Um, I think pretty much everyone just stopped playing about halfway through the year. So I'm basically versing donuts for the, on the lead up. But I think the grand final matchup, there's it's two people that, that have finally been giving someone yet all year. So yeah, hopefully a big one for me in that, in that granny. But yeah, thanks, mate. Beautiful. See you next week. Yep. See you next week. <laughs>